Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands in this place today. And let's just begin to pray. Today is Mother's Day. I'm not going to ask all the mothers to stand with you that this morning. But let's just begin to lift up all the mothers of the house and the families of the house. And just begin to pray God's blessing upon them in the name of Jesus today. And if you need a breakthrough in your family, I don't know what you're going through in your family right now, but God is a God who answers prayer. So let's lift our hands and let's lift our voices. Father, we thank you today is Mother's Day, a day to special our mothers, Father God, a day to remember family, Father God. And Lord, there's people here today who are going through a tough time in their family, Lord God. Some of their family are away. Father, some of their mothers or parents are away. But we ask you in the name of Jesus, you'll reach out by the power of your Holy Spirit and you will touch them today in Jesus' name. Father, open the windows of heaven, Lord. And you're the God who answers prayer. So come down, Father, and meet the needs of your people. Strengthen your people in Jesus' name. Lord, in particular, pray for lost loved ones, Father God. Mothers whose hearts are beating for their sons or daughters who are not Christian, Lord. We ask you, today would be their day. Today, you'd reach out your hand of salvation and bring them home in the name of Jesus. Father, maybe it's their sons and daughters who haven't called today. Lord, I pray today that you would speak to them. Speak to them. Maybe they haven't called their mom for a while. I pray today would be their day where they pick up the telephone and get on the phone to their mother. In Jesus' name, we pray for a reunion and unity in the family. In Jesus' name, for family restoration in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor and we give you thanks. Just lift your hands one more time and invite the Holy Spirit here today. Lord, we want to thank you for this series of prayer. We've been learning about the prayer of faith Last week, Lord, we've been learning about prayers of intercession, prayers that break through. Father God, we ask you today, in the name of Jesus, that you would come and fill us with your Holy Spirit. We need Spirit-inspired prayers, anointed prayers, prayers that connect with the heartbeat of God, prayers that come from the throne room of heaven. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, your word says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema word, the word of God. So we pray, Father, release revelation today concerning prayer over our lives. Lord, we pray as we speak words of prayer this week, there'll be utterances of the Holy Spirit. Speaking boldly prayers that have been anointed with the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, come and fill us, Lord. Come and baptize us afresh with the anointing. It's your anointing that we need. We're nothing without that anointing. And Holy Spirit, if we've done anything in our lives that has caused you to move away from our lives, we want to be sensitive to you today. We're nothing without you. We can't even pray without you. So we ask your Holy Spirit to return to our lives because you are the Holy Spirit. And as Colin was praying this morning and ministering this morning about holiness, Father. Oh God, we pray the spirit of holiness will come upon us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Let's give Jesus praise here this afternoon. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I'm going to be speaking for a few moments on prayer with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Prayer with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. How many of you would say you're baptized with the Holy Spirit? You've received the Holy Spirit. And, uh, it's amazing to have the Holy Spirit in our lives, but often, as a Christian, 
you know, that baptism of the Holy Spirit can be a one-off experience. It's not meant to be just a one-off experience. It can be a one-off experience, but it's meant to be an ongoing experience, a continual filling of the Holy Spirit. How many people are hungry for more of the Holy Spirit? You're hungry for more of the Holy Spirit. You know, when you desire to move forward with God, it's a desire to be hungry for the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to commend the baptism candidates today, uh, members of KT, people who are desiring to move forward. Because when you get baptized, it's an evidence. It's evidence that you're saying, God, I, I want to move forward with you. I'm not content where I am. Thank God um, I've become a Christian. But I want to move forward. And people have been advising you and encouraging you. And you yourself have been praying and saying, God, I want to move forward as a Christian. And today you're going to be baptized in water. Thank God for baptism in water. But also, there is a, a baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. God wants to give you the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a desire. Why? Because it's a hunger in our lives to move forward with God. Now, for every one of us today, we need to move forward with God with the anointing of prayer. Sometimes prayer can be boring. Anybody had boring prayer? I mean, when I was at school, we used to say religious prayers. There, was, there wasn't anything of God on those prayers. They'd read prayers from a book. I, a couple of years ago when we were into church planting, I found out a minister who would just read prayers from a book. Now, thank God for liturgy. Thank God for weddings and funerals where you can read prayers. But prayer needs to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. It needs to be fresh. It needs to be new. And when we're talking about prayer, we're talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about being moved. Now, many of you might have been moved by Jonathan Miller's new song, Light of Flame. Anybody like the song, the album, Light of Flame, or Open the Heavens when it first came up? What, what was that? What, what made a difference in that song? Because that song's anointed. Not that other songs are not anointed. But when a song is anointed, it moves you, doesn't it? Hallelujah. And that's what we're talking about when we're coming to talk about the anointing of the Holy Spirit moving us in prayer. Because prayers that are anointed make a difference. Amen? Prayers that are anointed break through. I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke's Gospel, chapter 3. And verse uh, 21, and here Jesus is receiving the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to read through a few passages of Scripture, and then we're going to start to look at anointed prayers in the Bible. What makes an anointed prayer in the Bible, and what was God doing in and through that prayer? Here Jesus receives the Holy Spirit. Now we are praying that God would anoint us afresh in KT with the Holy Spirit when it comes to prayer. It says here in verse 21, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, hallelujah, while he prayed, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. So here are, Jesus is getting baptized, and he prays here, and the heavens are opened. Now that's an anointed prayer right there. When the heavens are open over your life. Now you may have an experience today where you prayed, and God hasn't answered the prayer. And that's like when the heavens are closed. We're wondering, is God out there? Is God answering our prayer? Is he listening to us? But Jesus prays an anointed prayer, and the heavens are opened, and the Holy Spirit comes upon him in bodily form. Now I want you to turn over to Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, and verse 18. Here, Jesus gets up in the temple, 
and he's talking about his mission. He, after his baptism, he goes through a time of fasting and prayer. He returns in verse 14 in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now it's the power of the Holy Spirit or the anointing of the Holy Spirit that makes us make a difference in this world. He says here in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, after the first verse, you see the things that Jesus is going to do. He's going to heal people. He's going to preach good news. The gospel is good news about forgiveness of sins, about healing people. But before then, Jesus said, it's the Spirit that's coming upon me. Hallelujah. Amen. The Spirit that needs to come upon me. In fact, the Spirit is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel. We can't pray effectively. We can't preach effectively without the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Hallelujah. But with me, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible to him who believes. Now, I want one of the guys, Brett, you come on the platform right now. This is just an example of praying without the anointing. Praying without the anointing. So just stand there, Brett, right now. So right now, Brett is not clothed. He's, he's in himself. He's in his natural garments. He's got some good clothes on from wherever you got them from, House of Fraser or something. You know, natural clothes, how, how, how expensive these clothes are. He's coming before God in his natural man. Thank God he can come before God in his natural man. And we can pray natural prayers. We know we've been hearing God hears prayers from the heart. Amen. God can hear the sincerity of your heart. God can do that. But God answers prayers according to his word. But effective prayer is really about being clothed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because that says in Luke's Gospel 3 that the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Hallelujah. He came upon Jesus. He was clothed in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If we are going to pray effectively, we also need to be clothed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I know when I bought this jacket, it's a very good jacket. It helps me feel anointed. Amen. But right now, you're clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, often as Christians, we take, we take off the anointing, don't we? We're clothed with the Holy Spirit. But when we get worried, we get emotional, we take off that garment. We tried to pray ourselves in our own emotion. In our own difficulty. And Jesus was effective. Why? Because he, he put on the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He put on the anointing. He was clothed with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, thank you, Brett, we need to be clothed with the anointing. Now turn over to John's Gospel, chapter 14. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, in verse 16, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because he neither sees me nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Hallelujah. 1 John 2 verse 20 says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. Tell your neighbor, you are anointed. Amen. You are an anointed right now. Now tell the neighbor on the other side with a little bit more faith. You are anointed. Hallelujah. Because 1 John says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. See, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit upon you. He says, I'll be with you. I'll be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, when you're in the secret place, you need to know that God is there. It's encouraging right now that God says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, in John's Gospel 16, 5 to 10, it says, I go away in verse 5. 
I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, where are you going? Because I have said these things to you, sorrows filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, who's the helper? The Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Now, look at this passage of Scripture. The disciples are worried and concerned that Jesus has gone to the cross. They're going to lose a close friend, a prophet, the Messiah. He's leaving them. So naturally, in their emotions, they're thinking, my God, how are we going to make a difference? How is God going to hear our prayer? I mean, they were following Jesus to that moment. So how is God going to hear us? We were following Jesus. Jesus was teaching us how to pray. And we were following him. And God was moving. But how are we going to make a difference now in prayer? And Jesus said, the helper will come to you. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will come to you. And he will make a difference in your life. He will help you to pray. Now, I remember when I first became a Christian, I was trying out of my natural self to follow God. Now, from age eight, I went forward in a Billy Graham crusade and committed my life to Jesus. I received a Bible. And some of you might have went forward in a, in a church meeting and received Christ as, as your Lord and your Savior. But from eight to 16, really, my Christian walk didn't make a difference. I mean, I'd share sometimes. I invited a friend to church. He started coming to church, and then he, three years later, he fell away. Naturally, we were Christians. But I'd never received the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that makes a difference in your relationship with God. Hallelujah. And I went forward in, in a, a youth conference. And I remember just desiring God. I remember people saying, Christian, God's called you for great things. And there was a hunger in my heart to move forward with God. And so I came forward. And right there at the front, I started to repent of my sins. I started to ask God to forgive me. And what was happening in there, I became aware of God's holiness. Now, the Holy Spirit is a Holy Spirit, amen? He's holy. Now, often in our lives as Christians, you'll know this, if you do things that the Holy Spirit say, hey, I want, to, I want you to change that area of your life, or unholy things, it can cause the anointing of the Spirit to, to move away. And often when we move into a time of prayer, we're heavy. We're feeling not accepted by God because there's things in our lives that are wrong. And what we need to do is call on the Holy Spirit to come and to sanctify our lives. Hallelujah. So what was happening at the front there of the altar, the Holy Spirit was sanctifying me. I was aware of my sin. I was asking God to forgive me. And then I lifted my hands to heaven. And then what happened was I felt this fire touch my head. And from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I felt this fire just purging me and filling me. And as I begin to be filled, I begin to feel this fire and I begin to speak in another language. Now, what was that? It was receiving the Holy Spirit. I was receiving the Holy Spirit. And then what happened after that? I, I had a boldness to share with people about the gospel. Before, I didn't even share with my friends about the gospel because I had a, a nominal faith, a, a, a nice, I went to church. It was nice. I didn't speak to anybody. But when I'd received the Holy Spirit, I'd start telling people, hey, you need Jesus in your life. And people would say, hey, God doesn't exist. I'd say, God does exist. And I would start to argue with people and start to preach to people. Why? Because there was a newfound boldness in my life. And who was it? It was the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You also need the Holy Spirit in your life. Turn over to James chapter 5 and verse 16 to 18. James chapter 5 verse 16 to 18. Talking about effective prayer. We don't want any type of prayer. We want effective prayer. Prayer that gets direct to the throne room of God. Prayer that breaks through. 
Now, when you think about anointed prayer, often you can think about somebody who's red-faced. Anybody seen anybody who's red-faced in a prayer meeting? I mean, the anointing comes upon them, they're red-faced, they're beetroot red, and they, they feel like they're on fire. I mean, they're steaming, hallelujah. Why? Because we think that's, that's the anointing. We think anointing is maybe shouting. Now, I like to shout. I remember being in uh, number one, and I was, I was, I mean, I was caught up in the anointing. How many people have been caught up in the anointing? So caught up that you're no longer aware of anybody around you. I mean, you, you're caught up in the anointing. I was praying and praying and praying, and as I begin to get more excited and more anointing, question mark, you know, more anointed, I begin to raise my voice, and as I begin to raise my voice, what began to happen was the phone downstairs began to ring. So I, I quietened my voice, and I thought, should I answer it? I said, no, I'm anointed. So I kept praying. I kept praying. I kept raising my voice. Why? Because I was anointed. I mean, I was really anointed. I was really breaking through. Breaking through in the area. Everybody could hear me. But I was not aware of that because I was getting more anointed. So it's not just volume. And then after the third or fourth time of thinking, should I answer that phone? I went downstairs and I picked up the telephone. And guess who it was? It was Bruce Atkinson. And Bruce is on the phone and he says, Christian, is that you praying? I said, yes. He says, you're waking up the whole neighborhood now. Will you be quiet? Now, because often we think that loud praying is anointed. Now, quiet praying can be equally anointed. Amen. I don't know if you've been in these prayer meetings where someone would quietly pray. I remember in the Welsh revival, the Evan Roberts, the leader there, he just prayed a quiet prayer. Lord, bend me. Change me. That's what it meant. Change me. And as he prayed this prayer, just changed me, just two words. It was like God's presence just filled the whole of the church and people begin to get on their knees and begin to weep before the Lord. Why? Because the Holy Spirit anointed that prayer in such a way it brought change in the people's lives. We're talking about effective prayer. He says in James 5, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. That's an anointed prayer right now. I mean, this guy gets up before the king, and he says, it's not going to rain. How many people would like a prayer anointing like that? It's not going to rain for three years, three and a half years. And then he turns up against the hay. It's going it's gonna, it's gonna to rain. And it rains. And why? Because it says his prayer was effective. The Holy Spirit helps your prayer be effective. Secondly, the Holy Spirit gives you the fire or he gives you the fervency. He gives you the urgency. Now, sometimes when we're praying, we're not urgent. Thank God today we prayed for our mums. And if you're praying for your mum on a regular basis, you could pray a prayer like this. Lord, look after my mum. Lord, protect her. Keep her safe. Lord, I might be concerned about her, so Lord, keep, be well with her. Or if she needs a job or she needs some money, I might pray for a specific need. But there's no real urgency in that prayer. It's just a petition, a request. But maybe if the Holy Spirit starts to say, hey, your mother is in danger now, this is where intercession happens. Your mother's in danger. Now, you don't know naturally that your mom might be in danger. You don't know where she is. But the Holy Spirit starts impressing upon you. and He starts saying to you, listen, your mom's in danger. You can't work it out. So your prayer becomes a little bit more urgent. 
and saying, God, I don't know what's going on right now, but I believe that you're directing me to pray for your divine protection to over my mom right now, and you start to get urgent. What's that? It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, making your prayers effective. Now, that's what was happening to Elijah. His prayers were effective. Why? Because he was demonstrating the power of God to the king. He was saying, hey, you're operating in your natural power. You think you're governing this world. In fact, you're not. God is the one who governs this world. Hallelujah. And in fact, it's not going to rain. You think you're going to prosper? It's not going to rain because God's the one who prospers you. So he stopped the rain. And then secondly, he got the rain to come because he was effective. A fervent prayer. And the third thing, a righteous man. A righteous man availeth much. It's our righteous. How do we become righteous? We're righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Sometimes in prayer, you think by your own righteousness, you will get God to listen to you. It's not our righteousness. We come before God and we say, God, I thank you that I'm not righteous at the moment right now. And I exchange my unrighteousness for Christ's righteousness. And when we put on Christ's righteousness, there's a confidence that comes. Why? Because why does the Holy Spirit come and fill you? I mean, why would the Holy Spirit come and fill an unholy vessel? I mean, this is God. He is holy. Why would he fill you if you're not righteous? He's only going to fill you because you're righteous in Jesus Christ. There's nothing in me that is righteous but except Jesus Christ. My confidence is in Jesus. When I approach the, th the throne of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, I am, I'm cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I'm righteous and God answers my prayer because I am righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now let's turn over to a few examples of effective prayer here in the Scriptures. Effective prayer here in the Scriptures. Now it's amazing, I don't know if you've had this experience, when you're praying, and actually when you're praying, somebody is experiencing the answer in prayer while you're praying. I'll give an example of this. A friend of mine, he told me his testimony. Now, I'm going to say this for the mothers in this place, just to encourage you to keep praying for your sons and daughters to be saved. Amen? Don't give up. Because God can anoint you and he can direct you in prayer even in the last hour. So a friend of mine, he told me his testimony. He said he used to go to church and he fell away and he got into basically being a drug user and he began to sell drugs and be, he's a part of a gang. And uh, he was down in the West End and he was in a nightclub. And he had all these drugs up on him and he was just doing his usual thing of selling drugs to these young people in the Hippodrome. And he was on the dance floor and he was just doing his thing. Normal day for him, nothing out of the ordinary. He was away from God. Maybe some days he thought about God. Maybe he didn't. I don't know if he was thinking about God particularly on that specific day. But for some reason, his mother got concerned about him. I mean, she was always concerned about him. He was away from God. So she was praying normal prayers. But this particular moment, she felt moved by God, moved by the anointing. I mean, the anointing came upon her and she started to think, my God, my son is in danger. My son is in danger. Now, she didn't know where her son was. He was somewhere in London. She didn't know where, she, where he was and she just began to pray, God intervene in his life. God intervene in his life. God intervene. And she became desperate. She prayed the whole night in prayer. She was desperate for the breakthrough. It was the Spirit of God that came upon her. She was clothed in the Spirit of God. And she was praying in tongues. She was praying in the Holy Spirit. She was confessing the Word. And it was desperate. 
Anyway, my friend, he was on the dance floor and selling drugs in the normal way. And then suddenly, out of the blue, he heard a voice. And the voice simply said, get out of here now. He turned around and wondered what that voice is. Heard it again. Get out of here now. And the third time, the voice came, get out of here now. He thought, my God, get out of here now. Why? He didn't know, but he, he heeded that voice. He went out of the nightclub and he started to go out of the doors. And as he went out of the doors, all of these police vans turned up to raid the Hippodrome. And they came in and they arrested every single person who was selling drugs and was in the possession of drugs. Now he thought, my God, I've been freed. He's walking away and thinking something happened that night. Why did that happen? Why? Because the Holy Spirit came upon his mother and she was interceding for him to be saved. She didn't know what to be saved from. She just had this impression to be interceding by the power of the Holy Spirit that her son would be rescued. And when he got home in the morning, he had a conversation with his mother. And the mother said, what were you doing last night? Oh, I was, I was in the hippodrome. I was, on the, I was selling drugs and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and she was expl- explaining the story to his mom. He says, interesting, because yesterday, the whole night, I was praying to God that he would re- rescue you and he would deliver you. And he says, wow. He went back to his room and he started to think. At that point, he knew that God had intervened in his life. Hallelujah. God had intervened by just simply his mother. And shortly after that, he came to faith in Christ because he knew that God had rescued him. That's the effectiveness of prayer. Someone who is anointed in prayer. She was praying and right there and then, the Holy Spirit was rescuing her son. See, when we pray anointed prayers, we've got to pray according to the will of God. The will of God. Jesus taught the disciples to pray when they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he said the the Lord's prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Well, number one, I want to tell you that anointed prayer is Word-based prayer, hallelujah. Not ideas, not just thoughts, not just our thoughts. It's word-based prayer. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, The Word of God is living and powerful, hallelujah. It is sharp in any two-edged sword. It has the power to penetrate the deepest thoughts and intentions of the heart. Did you know in prayer, if the Holy Spirit gives you a scripture, that scripture... It can travel right throughout the whole world and it can impact somebody because it goes to heaven. Hallelujah. God hears that prayer and the answer comes down because the word of God is living and powerful. Secondly, Jesus said, pray the will of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done. When you're praying effective prayers that are anointed by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit anoints prayers that are according to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That word, Word, in Romans 10 verse 17 is the word rhema. It means revelation. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you the revelation concerning the will of God. I mean, how are you going to pray effectively unless you know the will of God? How do you pray effectively unless you know the will of God? You've got to partner with the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10, here it is. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. 
For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. How are we going to know the specific will of God concerning a situation? By the spirit of God. By asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Reading the Bible and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal the exact will of God for a situation. Now, if you're in a situation right now and you've not had answers to prayer, you're in a situation where you need to know the will of God for you to pray effectively. For you to pray effectively, you need to know the will of God. Now, thank God for the general will of God. The general will of God is healing and salvation and God answering our prayers, delivering us as we talked about that gentleman being delivered, the general will of God. But what is God doing right now? Can God deliver your son right now? Can he deliver your daughter right now? Can he save? Can he heal right now? I mean today, right now. Can he do it right now? He can do it right now. We need to ask God, are you doing it right now? It's your will, your general will, but are you doing it right now? What are you saying to me? And when the scriptures come, you can effectively pray. And you need to ask the Holy Spirit in prayer, Lord, what is your will for my life? Because it's the word of God that heals. Think about Jesus and Jairus' daughter. Jairus' daughter died uh, Jesus visited the house. He put everybody outside, just him and the disciples there in the house. Now, Jesus didn't go into a spiritual warfare prayer meeting to get Jairus' daughter raised from the dead, did he? I mean, that's what we would have done, isn't it? As Christians, we would have said, right, what we need to do is all night prayer meeting. Let's speak in tongues for about 12 hours and hopefully we'll get enough power from God to raise this person from the dead. I mean, that's how we think. Jesus here, what did he do? He said the word Talitha Kamai, which means little girl, arise. That was a prayer. Little girl, arise. And what happened was the little girl, she just got up. How? By the anointing. Jesus was anointed. His words were anointed. If we're going to get God to answer our prayer, our prayers need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and full of power just by speaking the word of God. The faith of the centurion, what did he say to Jesus? He said, Jesus, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Just speak the word. Did you know in prayer, prayer is not just saying, God, please do this in my life. Prayer can be prophetic. You're, you're speaking change in the atmosphere. That's what Elijah was doing. Did he pray? He said, listen, it's not going to rain. That's what he declared. That's what, that's what his prayer was, a declaration in prayer. It's not going to rain. We can do that in prayer as well. Listen, I declare that your son and your daughter is going to be saved in the name of Jesus. You can declare it over your life by the Holy Spirit giving you an unction. It's going to happen. I remember driving down the motorway, and as we were doing some missions in in different cities in in the UK in 2006, and I felt really passionate about just getting out there and doing something. I really believed that God was going to use Katie to impact the nation, not just the nations, but the nation uh, and the country of England. And I believe that's still going to happen. So I went out. And as I was driving down the M1, I remember this city that was on a hill. And as I began to lift my hand, I was driving, uh, not with my eyes closed, with my eyes open, hallelujah. And as I began to look at this town, this city, I began to pray. And all I began to pray was, Lord, save this town. Save this town. And as I began to say those words, an impression came upon me. And tears started to fill my eyes. The Holy Spirit started to fill my heart. And all I did for 30 minutes, and the people in the car prayed the same. Lord, save. Lord, intervene. Because it's the Holy Spirit that can intervene in the lives of people. Secondly, 
An example here is Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 12. Hannah was desperate. She was desperate, desperate for an answer. How many people are desperate for an answer here today? Often the Holy Spirit, he's stirred when you're really hungry. That's why we hear a story sometimes that God answers in the last hour. Thank God he can answer in the first hour, but sometimes he answers in the last hour. Because it's a journey of faith. Certainly that was the case in Abraham's life. God had given him a promise that Isaac was going to come, but in the last hour, Isaac was born. See, God can answer in the first hour or in the last hour, but certainly in Hannah's case, this was the last hour. She got to the point in her life where she was finally desperate, finally desperate, and she begins to pray. And Eli hears her prayer for desperation. What is she crying about? She hasn't had children. Her husband loves her. But because she hasn't had children, she thinks that she's rejected. She's gone through an emotional situation. And she's finally got to the point where she's had enough. And she's coming to God. And she's praying. And as she begins to pray, she's not saying any more words. She's not saying any more words. She looks like she's drunk. And she's just pouring out a soul to God and saying, God, give me a son. Give me a son and I'll give him back to you. Why? Because she's desperate. Now, somehow, the Holy Spirit latches on to this kind of desperate prayer. I don't know if you've had that experience. When you're really hungry, say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hallelujah. They shall be satisfied. The Holy Spirit, he, he loves it when you're hungry. And when you're finally desperate, he comes in and she begins to cry out to God. And then Eli says to her, go in peace. The God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked. Why? When you're desperate. I want to ask you a question today. Are you desperate? Are you desperate? Amen? If you get in the baptism today and you get baptized, I mean, that's not the only thing that God wants to do in your life. Thank God it's a step of obedience today. But God wants to do more. Hallelujah. He wants to answer your prayer. He wants to be with you. He wants to clothe you in his power. He wants you to teach you how to pray. He wants you to be effective as a Christian. You've got to get desperate before God. Then number three, here in 2 Chronicles 5 and verse 11, let's turn over there. 2 Chronicles 5 and verse 11. Here is a prayer in the Bible where the glory of God comes down. The glory of God comes down. Now, the Holy Spirit anoints unity. Amen? When you're united in prayer, Jesus said there's power in agreement where two or more are gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of us. If two or more agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done by my Father in heaven. So there's power in unity. And I believe if revival's going to come and the presence of God is going to come, there's got to be somebody out there who's uniting with another person. Hallelujah. Now thank God all the churches in London can unite and God will bring a certain level of revival. But God can just unite a few of you in this place today. And you could be agreeing in prayer and saying, God, we want your presence. We want your glory to come down. We want an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can come and he can fill you with his power. Now 2 Chronicles 5 and verse 11. It came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, where all the priests were present, had sanctified themselves without keeping of their divisions. And the Levites, who were singers, all of those of Asap, Heman, and Jedithan, with the sons and their brethren, stood at the east of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests, sounding with the trumpets. And indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one. Everybody say one. Shout it out, one. 
when there was one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments and music and praised the Lord, saying, He is good and his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. I mean, what a prayer right now. Look at that scripture. What a prayer. Everybody was worshiping together. They were praying together. And it came to pass. There was a supernatural sense of unity. And they said, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Now this is a kind of worship prayer, a praise type of prayer. But they were one and they were in one accord. And then God turned up. Hallelujah. God turned up. God turned up. Why did God turn up? Why? Because there was a united type of prayer. A united type of prayer. If we're going to be anointed in prayer, we need to be united in prayer. Amen. If we're going to be anointed in prayer, we need to be united in prayer. One of the most supernatural experiences that I have had has been in prayer. When we were in prayer and we were praying for the West End in Leicester Square. And there was a team going out there. And we needed a breakthrough. I mean, we went out there and nobody seemed to be saved. We were handing out flyers, inviting people to church. No one seemed to become a Christian. And we just finally, six months of this, we finally just got frustrated. Frustrated and frustrated and frustrated. And we said, you know what? We need to pray. And we're going to pray all night. We're going to seek God. And in this prayer meeting, it started out okay. Somebody was praying in one corner. Somebody was praying in another corner. And that was okay. But I thought, you know what? If we're going to get a breakthrough in this meeting, We need everybody together. We need everybody in agreement because we're really desperate for God. And as we begin to pray, we got together. And as we begin to pray, the Holy Spirit gave me a scripture. Now, before that time, we didn't really have any scriptures. There's nothing flowing. Everyone was praying, doing their thing. And we got everybody together. And God gave me a scripture. And the scripture was in Genesis 6. It says, God was grieved because of the sin of mankind. God was grieved. God was brokenhearted. And as we begin to think about this verse, God was broken. Something supernatural started to happen to me. I also got broken. I also got, I fell to my knees. I started to cry and say, God, you are broken because of the sin of London. You are broken because of the sin of people out there. And you want people to be saved. And I started to cry to God, God, I ask you that you who love people would start to break into their lives. And as I begin to pray, tears came and filled my eyes and I started to put my hand on every single person there. There was about five of us in this prayer meeting. As I began to put my hand on everybody, everybody started to break down. Everybody broke down and started to cry and started to weep and say, God, I pray that you'd intervene in people's lives. God, you're grieved, you're broken because of the sin of mankind. God, intervene. Now that doesn't happen every day, does it? It doesn't happen every day where people are weeping and there's a Holy Spirit moving. But I tell you, the next weekend we went out, we saw our first person saved. It looked the same. We were preaching the same. And there was somebody shouting the same. Everything was the same. It looked like the same. But at the end of the night, the same lady who was shouting at the beginning of the evangelism, she was kneeling down at the end of the evangelism in tears. And she was saying, I want Jesus in my life. Pray with me to be saved. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that directs prayer. It's united prayer. The Holy Spirit uniting people in one accord for a cause and then suddenly he breaks in and he starts answering prayer. That was the first person we got saved. 
After a year of evangelism, over 3,000 people had made a response to the gospel on the streets of London. Just through one prayer. Just through one prayer. And I believe it's going to happen again in the name of Jesus. I believe God's going to start saving people. And if you're not saved here today, if you're not a Christian here today, God loves you. Hallelujah. He is grieved because you're not following him, but he loves you. He's passionate about you. And all you need to do today is just embrace him in prayer in the name of Jesus. Let's bow our heads in prayer right now. And I'd like the band to come back as we out of time. Anointed praying. Prayer that makes a difference. Anointed praying. Now, if you're a Christian, just lift your hand right now and ask the Holy Spirit to come and to fill you in the name of Jesus. Just lift your hands right now and ask him to fill you this week in prayer. Now, he could fill you right now in your seat. He could fill you after the meeting. He could fill you tonight in the Holy Spirit service. He could fill you at home. But just say, God, I ask you to invade my prayer life this week in the name of Jesus. I ask you to anoint me. I ask you to direct my praying. I ask you to release revelation in my praying in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and to invade our lives in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit helps you in your weaknesses. He strengthens you. He enables you to pray. Lord, we pray right now that we'll be clothed in the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Clothed in the Holy Spirit. Clothed in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to ask the baptism candidates to stand right now. I'm just going to ask the pastoral team to just pray for them. You lift your hands right now. We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit is going to fill you in Jesus' name. The guys can just pray. Some of the cell leaders and the guys who are supporting some of these cell members in prayer today. Just go and lay hands upon them. We're believing that the Holy Spirit is going to fill you. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive the gift of tongues. You're going to receive His power. You're going to be sanctified, receiving His purity. And His presence is going to come upon you in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray right now that you would put your clothing upon each of these church members who are stepping forward today, each of these disciples, that you would clothe them with power. You would clothe them in anointing. And Father, I ask you this week that, Lord, you would boost their prayer lines in power in the name of Jesus. Fill them, Father. Fill them right now. Fill them right now. Fill them right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, when they come out of this tank, Lord, when they come up, the old man is crucified. When they rise out of this baptism tank, Father, they're going to receive. Like a dove, the Holy Spirit is going to come and rest upon them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, every head bowed and every eye closed right now as, as the guys continue to pray. If you're in this place today, and you're not a Christian. Maybe it is that somebody from this time has invited you and say, come and see me baptized, and you're not a Christian. And if you die right now, you wouldn't go to heaven. You don't have peace with God. I want to pray a prayer for you today. And I'm going to ask you after this prayer, if you want forgiveness, just to lift your hand in the air and to respond to God. Because God wants to save you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to make you righteous. Pray this prayer in your own heart. If you want Jesus in your life, you say, I want to return to God. I want him today in my life. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you right now. 
And I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need you. I believe today that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again on the third day. And I believe that you're here right now to forgive me of all my sins. Today I choose to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me into your kingdom. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer and you want forgiveness of sins, I'd like to pray with you right now. I want you to lift your hand right now in this place. You need forgiveness, thank you. Lift your hand high. You know when you lift that hand? You're saying yes to Jesus Christ. You're saying yes, I need His grace. I need His forgiveness. Lift your hand high. There's a little girl there. Just lift it high right now. Let heaven see that hand today. Thank you. There's a little girl there. Lift it high. There's a gentleman there. You're going to have to consolidate this. Just standing next to these people today. Just want to pray with you. There's a gentleman there. Just lift it high right now. You need His forgiveness. You need His grace. You're saying, um, I want to be a Christian. I want to follow God. Lift it high right now. Father, thank you. And if you're in this place, you need to recommit your life, rededicate your life. You lift your hand as well and say, hey, today is my day. On Mother's Day, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. Lift your hand high. Father, I pray for every person who's lifted their hand in this place right now. I pray that commitment will be real. I pray it will be genuine. And I pray you'd release your power into their lives that they would be born again. Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Now, if you lifted your hand, we just want you to, to go with one of the people from the church, the consolidators right now. Spend some time with them. The lady here, gentleman there, the girl there in the foyer. Want to make sure everyone just there at the back. Every single person. Raise the hand. I'm just going to invite Gabriel right now to come and to lead us in the baptism. Thank you.